traveling through a crypt, tired of the same old mindless zombies, scatterbrains, skeletons, and other typical things you see, I got you covered. Welcome back to the Game Masters Academy. This is the show where we strive to help you make every one of your sessions great. My name is Greg. Thank you for joining me. This week for Combat Corner, what I've decided I'm going to do is start creating some monster teams as a typical Combat Corner type scenario that then I can kind of pool together and uh, potentially turn into a dungeon creation type episode. Uh, so the first one's going to be um, undead themed. We're going to go through a couple different groups that are um, going to be utilized in that. And then once we have them created, all those different teams, we will then uh, see about potentially doing an episode where we actually go through and create a dungeon um, as well as uh, utilize those uh, teams and maybe uh, quest or something along those lines. But basically do a little... Uh, a little segment on actual creation as opposed to just how. Before we get started, it's the same old, same old. Um, please like, subscribe, comment, any of the things that you can do to help out the different algorithms that are out there. Uh, it's greatly helpful to uh, me and uh, the, the show itself. Um, if you're feeling extra generous, um, feel free to swing on through my Patreon, join up for free, select one of the um, paid subscription tiers uh, as well. So with that all out of the way, let's go ahead and get into this week's Combat Corner. So we're going to start off by looking at a white. Uh, a white is a, a unique undead monster uh, in that it has an intelligence of 10, and the very first thing in the descriptions is that they are an intelligent undead humanoid that resemble armed and armored corpses. Uh, they never tire in their pursuit of uh, their goal of making eternal war against the living. So it kind of goes into here about the word white used to mean person, uh, but really what it boils down to is uh, they're undead. They typically serve whoever um, created them or brought them into this state of undeath. Um, and they have um, a dark hatred of the living. Um, they are shadowy. Uh, Shadow of the Grave just basically says that they are going to flee the sun. So we just need to make sure that we keep that in mind as we're planning out the time frame or the actual point within the campaign that we would potentially add in this encounter it would be at nighttime or it would be deep within some sort of crypt or mausoleum where the sun does not shine so let's take a look at the uh, stats for a white armor class of 14 not very high has 45 hit points uh, and has your typical dungeon resistance uh, dungeon geez damage resistance uh, necrotic uh, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks that are not silvered. So basically silvered weapons would do normal damage to it. Uh, it is immune to poison. I think almost all undead are immune to poison. But anyways, uh, it's immune to poison. It's immune to the poisoned condition as well. And then it is a CR3 monster. It has multi-attack. It's able to make two long sword or two long bow attacks. 
and then it can also use life drain in place of one long sword attack. We're gonna skip life drain and come back to it. Uh, the long sword and the long bow are just straight basic uh, attacks that you would expect a d8 plus two or a d10 plus two, and then the long bow is a d8 plus two as well. So uh, the life drain is a melee weapon attack with a plus four to hit, which is the same that the long sword is, has a reach of five feet, and it's gonna do one d6 plus two, so slightly less damage, uh, but it's necrotic damage, and the target has to succeed a dc13 constitution save, or have their hit point maximum reduced by the amount of necrotic damage taken. So that's gonna last, the hit point reduction, uh, until the target finishes a long rest. And if the target uh, is reduced to zero hit point maximum, the target dies. And then uh, a humanoid slain by this attack rises 24 hours later as a zombie under the white's control unless the humanoid is restored to life or its body is destroyed in the time between it died and the 24 hours is up. And then it just says the white can have no more than 12 zombies under its control at one time. So, the the key points here for this particular uh, monster are going to be the fact that it's intelligent. It has a 10 for intelligence. That's higher than most player barbarians. So, it's going to utilize that, and I think that we should play to its life drain. And... This is one of those, the DC is 13. It's a relatively, um, what's the right way of putting it? The, the, it's a relatively easy save. And also the life drain can knock someone unconscious without killing them. And so what I mean by that is if you hit with the life drain that, and the, the creature only had, uh, had, let's say, 15 hit point maximum and they were down to three hit points and the life drain knocked them out and dropped them to zero it does not kill them because the maximum uh if you you know they had three left you did six and that means that now their maximum is nine because they were at 15 before so you have to really hit them uh, with the life drain repeatedly and with no other attacks in order to truly be able to drop them to zero by reducing their hit points. But this particular creature despises the living and goes out of its way to destroy them. And so if you knock somebody down, I've, this is one of those few times where I feel like you kind of want to target the downed people and see if you can hit them twice when they're down, and, and actually try to kill the player. Um, you're going to see the, the challenge rating is level 3. You know, maybe there is a temple within the city that would be able to, to cast uh, Raise Dead or Revivify or something along those lines after the combat is over, and that could be its own additional plot uh, twist or plot hook that goes on uh, after this combat goes down. But... I feel like if you're not trying to actually kill, which is one of the few times I'm recommending this, but if you're not actually trying to kill, you're we're not doing the character or the the monster 
service for what it's specifically its stats are and what it's designed to do. Um, there's a there's a third party book out there that's uh, called Monsters Know What They're Doing, and it's just talking about how to play specific monsters. And I, I really feel like this happens to be one of the cases where the white knows that if it life drains and it reduces somebody's hit point maximum to zero on a life drain, that they turn into a zombie that it gets it gets to control, it's going to go out of its way to try and do that. That's part of the challenge here. It doesn't have a high AC. The actual constitution saving throw is not high. It's a DC 13. I, I feel like that's really the way that this, this combat, I should say this monster should be run, is that we go out of our way and attempt to turn one of the PCs into a zombie. So uh, this this white is a CR3 guy. Uh, he needs minions. And so obviously he's going to have zombies. Uh, zombies that are under his control. Uh, I don't think we've talked about zombies before. They're pretty straightforward. Armor class of 8. Hit points of 22. And uh, the main thing that they have is undead fortitude. If you knock them down to zero, they have to make a constitution saving throw with a DC of five plus the damage taken, unless the damage is uh, radiant or from a critical hit. And on a success, the zombie drops to one hit point instead. One of the things that's commonly done incorrectly is waiting until the zombies turn in combat to run undead fortitude. That's not how it works. We don't beat on the zombie with 15 attacks and add them all up and then roll afterwards. Uh, it says, if damage reduces the zombie to zero hit points. So, as soon as any attack reduces the zombie to zero hit points, it must make a constitution saving throw of five plus that damage taken. Not five plus all of the damage taken until its turn. This thing just happens. It's not a reaction. It's not an action. It's not a bonus action. It is just the zombie's ability. And so Undead Fortitude triggers on every form of damage that causes the to drop to zero. So I think that that's, in my experience, that's the biggest thing that I see uh, being done incorrectly with it. Uh, zombie stats are pretty much garbage. Uh, slam does 1d6 plus 1 damage. And that's it. It's immune to poison. And uh, it has... No armor class. Uh, it's got 22 hit points, uh, and they're slow. They only do 20. They only move 20 feet on their turn. So, these guys are a swarm of a, a swarm or a, a packed type group, where you put you know five, 10, 15 zombies in a room, and let the party figure out how they want to deal with them. Uh, for our particular instance, we have a CR three guy. And then I would say we would put four zombies with him. That's probably going to be around the challenge rating that you'd want for a level three, maybe a level four party. If you have uh, a bigger party, you have more than just four uh, PCs, then uh, you can increase the number of zombies to... Basically, what you're doing is spreading the damage that the party has to do out before the encounter's over, which means that everything is on the field more to be hit 
uh, or to hit the party. Also, one cleric with turn undead kind of completely changes the way that this entire um, combat goes, and that's okay. Uh, you know, about half the zombies will fail their charisma saves, and the other ones will be there, uh, still fighting. So, something to, to keep in mind as well. But uh, that's, that's I think, the right number with a white is uh, four. And so, we have four zombies, we have the white, that means we have five enemies on the field. That's uh, uh, six attacks a turn, because the white has multi-attack. And... Um, then the uh, the zombies are resilient due to the undead fortitude. And uh, the way that I see this particular combat going is most likely the party has come across the white in some fashion. Either the white has been terrorizing the town and has been uh, life-draining commoners and getting zombies for himself and then running off and hiding at night. Or the PCs are off adventuring and come across the white within a crypt uh, and uh, trigger combat that way. The uh, The idea of the, the white coming into town and attacking commoners and then getting zombies, uh, I, I like that idea because... It means that, you know, Betty Sue from, you know, Town A ran off and was able to escape the, the white and was able to, to mention that the little tiny hamlet has being overrun by undead. The party can come in and attempt to figure out what's going on and, and put a stop to it and, and go from there. It just, in my mind, that's kind of how I envisioned this was going. It's a nice little plot hook to go with the the white and the actual combat itself. Uh, back to the the white again. It's intelligent, which means that it's going to do smart things. It's going to focus fire. It's going to attack the same person over and over again. It's going to attempt to use its life drain on a regular basis. It's going to recognize somebody is wounded and near the brink of death, and then attempt to life drain them. Uh, we, we want to make sure that we let these monsters live up to their full potential. And the way that we do that is playing on their strengths and playing them in an intelligent way. The zombies, on the other hand, basically just attack whatever the, clo- the closest thing is to them. Uh, but the, the white... Uh, don't forget also, when you're dealing with intelligent monsters that they can do all of the things that party members can do, uh, that just their general rules. So that means that they can grapple, they can shove prone, they can shove back five feet, they can just do all of the different tactical things that typically players do. Uh, All monsters can do that. And so... I think that we tend to forget that those are available to us because they don't have them listed in the actual stat block. But they can do all of that. They can dodge. They can uh, disengage. They, they can do all of the standard combat actions that players are able to do. So that's your little undead encounter for the week. 
probably going to be part of a, a dungeon that we'll make at some point, but we got to make all the monster teams first, and uh, might as well make an episode uh, about monster team creation. So that's our white. That's his little zombie minions that he's going to attempt to make larger. And um, I hope that you can throw this into a, a campaign. I think it's great for low level. Uh, high level at 45 hit points, uh, you're like one paladin turn away from just basically obliterating this guy off the board. So uh, I would stick to, to low level uh, party uh, compositions for this type of an encounter. Uh, I hope you have a great one. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with me, and I will see you in the next one. As always, make sure we let the dice decide.